Welcome back to That Rugby Podcast. You are joined by myself and Husey yet again G'day. for another week of footy chat. Yep, the penultimate week of the regular season of the Super Rugby 2023 season. Uh, some of the chess pieces have fallen. Some of them have ascended. Um, some of them have earned useless titles. Uh, but we're one week away from finals footy. Yeah, I uh, the I think it was Rugby Australia posted the fact that the Chiefs had won the minor premiership, and I was mm. like, that's just not a thing in New Zealand. Like, even yeah. if you there's no such thing as a minor premiership, it's like you either mm. win it or you don't. So, yeah. um, I get it in rugby league, and I know they try and do it in the A League and stuff, but in the end, it's you take home the big prize, or you don't take home anything at all. So, Chiefs have earned uh, at least a home final. The possibility yep. of that, uh, but yeah, I guess for them, uh, nothing achieved unless they win it all from here. I would say through the week, though, the Highlanders broke the Reds' hearts with a last minute absolute heartbreaker, kept their season alive, and put the Reds on very thin ice now as they head to Fiji. So we'll discuss that later. The Rebels kept their hopes alive as they crushed the force, um, which something I didn't probably see coming, the the, the size of the win. Uh, the Jura managed to hold off Moana um, and beat them by a point. Yeah, I mean, the Fijians especially, uh, when you play in Fiji, it's so hard, and you'd think that it would be a, a runaway for the uh, the Jura, but, you know, Moana... Well, I've actually... Side. I've learned something important this week, Luke. I've actually learned something important, and this actually is beneficial to us and our, and our theories, Right. So the Dura played Moana Pacifica. They didn't play him in Suva. They didn't play them in Fortress Suva. They played them in Lautoka. Um, I learned this from a Fijian friend I play uh, uh, touch footy with on Sundays. And that is where they played the Blues earlier this season. So it wasn't in Fortress Suva where they lost. So the spirits were confused. It wasn't anything like that. They just weren't in the fortress. They weren't in the place where they don't lose. They were in a different location. And we, we've seen, like, you know, the Blues took the win. Moana Pacifica came within one point. So clearly this location is the opposite of Fortress Suva. This is like a cursed location for uh, the Dura. So, oh, yeah. so you know, all their games next year, you think, will be out of Suva? Yeah, like, they just <laughs> got to be like, look, okay, Suva from now on. We just, yeah, we, we at least win 50% of the games. Totally, totally. Uh, and then the Crusaders beat your Tars. Um, and uh, heavily understrength Waratahs with, with arguably the, the two starting centers, two of their best players and Michael Hooper, the talismanic former captain, you know, that's a, a tough ask for, for anyone, for any team, let alone a team missing your two starting centers against a team like the Crusaders. Totally, totally. But, um, but even, even still, I, the, I will say, and this is something I noticed uh, and I'm sure we'll come on to this with the Brumbies and the Chiefs, but also the Highlanders and the Reds, it's worth talking about as well. I think the difference between Australian Super Rugby teams and New Zealand Super Rugby teams at the moment isn't attack. I think both squads have got some good attacking patterns. And I think what the difference, though, is is defense from the New Zealand sides is just a notch above, like at least a notch above. Like The Brumbies were very creative in their attack against the Chiefs uh, in that game, but it was just a wall every time. There was almost no opportunity. Even Corey Tool, who can make magic happen out of almost nothing, was held relatively in check for that game. In Crusaders and Waratahs, the opening 20, 30 minutes of the game, the Waratahs had the 
had a majority of possession, but just couldn't crack the Crusaders line except for one Jake Gordon try. And I think that was even with a man down on the Crusaders. But after that, the defense from the Waratahs just was out of all sorts, especially once they lost Max Jorgensen as well. Once he went down to, it was a knee injury, and they had to put Harry Wilson in there. The defense, it shows you also the importance of Jorgensen to that team of his and his role in fullback that he's able to uh, help the defense out so much. So, yeah, I think the difference in the moment between the, the, the two conferences is, is defense rather than attack. And it's not that the New Zealand rugby teams can't attack. It's not the Australian rugby teams can't attack. Uh, both are very, very good in attack and very creative in attack. It's just the Australian defense is just so poor that it's amplifying the New Zealand rugby's attack, whereas the New Zealand rugby's defense is just so good. It's um, suffocating the attack. We see it in, you know, the Blues and Crusaders game as well. Like think about the tremendous defensive efforts in, in that game as well. So I think that's what the difference is at the moment, which is, you know, so unusual. Usually you think it's the attack that is the difference in New Zealand be a bit more creative and a bit more flair in the attack. But I think Australian rugby has stepped it up in that sphere, perhaps to the detriment though of defence. It's an interesting take and I'd say you've probably got a couple of coaches at the moment and coaching seats that are attack focused. I'd say Coleman has a attack mind and same, same with Larkin when you look at the uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go against your saying there. I think you're, the attack of the Wallabies is up there with the best in the world, and and it flows down to the the Super Rugby sides. But yeah, that that defense wins championships, as they say. Yep. So uh, that'll be one to work on. And then to the Canes, we worked out. Obviously, hate the rain, can't play in the rain. Got uh, beaten by Mark Talia and the Blues in the rain. So as long as it doesn't rain, we might be alright. And the Chiefs take home the minor premiership. So yeah. As we go into the last game of the season, spots are up for grabs. Only three teams have solidified their spot on the table. Chiefs, number one, can't be moved, can't be dethroned. Waratahs, number six, can't go up, can't go down. Woo! Number six, made the playoffs. Uh, were you six last year as well? Six last year? Mm, we might have been, actually. We Six or seventh. Let's have a look. Let me do a you quick... You would have been reset. six, because I think the Crusaders and Blues are one and two. And then you played the Chiefs, who were free. Yeah. So I think you were six. I think, yeah, hey, look, consistency, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, those teams and the Moana Pacifica, obviously, at the bottom, can't move either. Everyone else has an opportunity to move. So the Crusaders currently sit on second and 47 points. Mm-hmm. And they play the Hurricanes. Um <sighs> This is. I'm just looking at the the standings, and it could very well be almost a mirror this year, except swap the Chiefs and the Blues around, right? So the standings at the moment in 2023, right? Are Chiefs, Crusaders, Blues, Brumbies, Hurricanes, Waratahs, Reds, Highlanders, the top eight. Last year it was Blues, Crusaders, Chiefs, and then from then on it's exactly the same: Brumbies, Hurricanes, <laughs> Waratahs, Reds, Highlanders. I was I was about to say we finished fifth, and the Brumbies finished fourth. And yeah. Tarzan and the Reds and the Highlanders. So, yes, so, yes, it, it could be very similar looking table to last year. So the Crusaders in second really yeah. just need to pick up one point um, and they will finish second on the table above the Blues. Yeah. Uh, the Canes, who are fifth at the moment playing the Crusaders, realistically need a, a five-point bonus point yeah. or at least a four to take any chance of moving up any further. I'd, again... As a Canes fan, probably not going to happen. Uh, Blues on 42, third. They play the Highlanders. So, again, a good chance if the Crusaders do slip up, 
for the Blues to, to step up there. The Brumbies play the Rebels, Rebels um, at home. At home. And again, if the Blues were to slip up against the Highlanders, then it's a good opportunity for the Brumbies to jump up. So a lot to play for, for I guess, mm. third, fourth and fifth. Then you get your Tars at six. Will not move. Then we finish into our, our flow-on effect where we've got the Reds who are actually on 24, I believe. Are they on 24? Uh, let me look here. Reds are on 24, yes. Yes. Then the Highlanders are on... 23. 23. Force on 22. Yeah. And then the Judah and the Rebels are on 21. So... Correct. Big game, Reds versus the Judah in Fiji. If yeah. the Judah win that... Even if the Reds pick up a bonus point, the Druder will go ahead because the tiebreaker is actually on most wins. So the first tiebreaker mm. is who's had the more wins, which would give the Druder. Um, the Highlanders then play the Blues, in which is obviously a must-win game for them. Force play the Chiefs, where we've said the whole season, it may come down to if the Chiefs play a, a full t- a full star yeah. team. And I would imagine they did rest some players last week against the Brumbies. It wouldn't surprise me if they rest like the other contingent who didn't rest against the Brumbies. So mm. I would I, I see uh, the Force having a very good chance at home where they haven't lost this season. And then the Rebels travel to the Brumbies away and a win against the Brumbies may may push them in there. So it, it's all it depends on, Again, it depends, on, it depends on other results. But look, I think I, they have to... So what they need to do... So the Dura need to win but not get a bonus point win. And the rebels need to win, but with a bonus point because they will have this. They will have one less win than the Dura, um, even though they'd be on the same points so as the Dura would go in over them. But if they get a bonus point, they'll be one point ahead of them, um, and that that's their that's their only way. And I think in, uh, unless the Highlanders also, unless the Highlanders and the Force lose as well. Yeah, so they could. Which is which is which is which is a reasonable chance of happening as well. That's, that's a reasonable chance. If the rebels, if I'm if I'm the rebels this this weekend, I'm going and thinking if we win, if we win, we're in. Uh, yeah. Again, it could not happen. They need a lot of things to happen. But if you mentally get that into your mind, they win, they're yeah. in. I'd be saying the same if I'm the Force and the Highlanders. Like if we win, those other two teams aren't winning. So yeah, yeah it's it's a, it's an interesting time of year. We said this could happen where we've got all these teams bunched up. Uh, it did happen. I would you would you go would you now looking at the table, would you change your prediction you made from last time? Uh, well, I don't even remember what I said last time. I think I said the Duro was going to be one of the teams, right? And the Reds, I the, think. the Reds. Yeah, that's what you said. Uh, no, I, I think it's. I think I think that'll be the same because I think even if the Reds lose, they're still in as long as the Highlanders don't win. As long as the Highlanders, Force, and Rebels don't win. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Highlanders, Force, and which I think that's all very that, that's that would be that's the odds-on way for it to fall if you look at it because the Highlanders are going to the Blues, right? Yeah. So you'd say Blues are odds-on favorite there. The Force are going uh, a home to the Chiefs. Now that one is the the big if, and that's depending again on if Chiefs refs players and if the Perth curse is real or not. Um, and then the Rebels will be playing the Brumbies away, and the Brumbies have got a lot to play for this week, yeah. right? Um, because they can they could possibly secure themselves up to 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 third. Yeah. Um, 
which would be a more favorable finals matchup against for them against the Waratahs than having the Hurricanes come to town. Yeah, so... So they've got a lot to play for, the Brumbies, this week. Yeah, so the Brumbies and the Blues both have lots to play for, whereas the Chiefs yeah. don't, so it realistically gives the Force a best chance to move above either the Reds or the Judah, whoever that... If the, whatever happens in that game. So yeah. I went with the Judah and the Force. You went with the Judah and the Reds. There's a very good chance that one of us is going to be right, I feel. Yeah. I feel like there's a very good chance. I got, I, I got to hope Fiji's in the finals. I just... Oh, yeah. I, that's, that's that's the main thing I want out of this is I would love my ideal my ideal world here like my ideal world is the Dura and the Force get in and the Reds and Highlanders don't get in even though I predicted the Reds I'd love to see the Force in there I think that would be great I think after being you know, kicked out of the competition to make it to the finals would be would be absolutely amazing and then the Dura in their second year in the competition to make it as well would be incredible. Uh, and really validate a lot of the the fandom and the faith that's been put into. I mean, I think we could all say that even if the Dura don't make the finals, that they're a success. That they're immensely popular. Uh, that they are competitive uh, against the other teams of the competition, and uh, they've got a bright future ahead of them. You know, not you know, the successful older sibling to the younger screw up of Mohana Pacifica. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It is. It shows. Yeah. What we've been missing for so long, and I, they've got a very good chance. I'm. A, uh, is it in Suva? Is it in Suva? I believe. I believe it is. I, I believe it is in. PG, in but if it's in Suva, I'm. I believe it's in Fortress Suva. Let me have a look. Uh, I've got got a Google link here. Fiji Village. Let's see. Uh, it is in Suva. It it's is in, in Suva. Suva. Chalk it up. Chalk it's it up. All done. Fiji yeah. into the finals. Yeah. They've done it. We can crown them. And look at that. Then they, they'll squeeze into the finals. All of a sudden, they're eighth. They they play the Chiefs first up, and you know what they do? They do the unthinkable when they beat the Chiefs. Yeah. And uh, the go Chiefs on. go into that game. Chiefs go into that game all cocky. Damien McKenzie looking like Matt Smith out of House of the Dragon, smiling his <laughs> cheeky wee smile. And then all of a sudden, they're run over by, uh, oh, what's that? What's that star's name? Is, is it Yosu? Yosef Murphy or something like that? I can't remember his name. Uh, Yosef Murphy or Murphy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, the, he's been unreal, hasn't he? He's been the yeah. old Habossi of last year. Uh, yeah. I mean, and who would have thought, you know, without Vinaya Habossi in the team, their best player from last year, that they're arguably playing even better? Uh, yeah, not even arguably. I'd say they're definitely playing better. Uh, I mean, and, and just far, like, I, I feel like the Chiefs are even would even be sweating having to play them first up. Not even if they think that they're – I think they go into that confident they could win, but just the physical toll it's going to take on you to have to play them. Like, the yeah, I, I get bruised just watching the games. Totally. And, yeah, it's – it's yeah, yeah. I don't – yeah, I don't think you'd be wanting to play anyone. In, no. Uh, especially not Fiji in that first round. Um, yeah, so I guess – Say say our, our predictions were to go as planned. He, uh, mine would see the Force uh, finish seventh and the Dura finish eight. Yield would see mine is the Dura finish seventh and the Reds finish eighth. Eighth. So you would have the Chiefs versus the Reds. I'd have the Chiefs versus the Dura. Crusaders versus the Force for me. Crusaders versus the Dura. Blues potentially versus the Tars. Brumbies versus Canes. An interesting we uh, finals matchup as well. I, I I would be sitting there saying that you're probably hoping for a uh, a Brumbies bonus point win somehow to yeah. put them above the Blues so that you could go there um, to Canberra because I don't mind where yeah. the Canes have finished um, 
right at this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, a lot of Hurricanes fans would be uh, licking their chops about that. I mean, yeah, you think you, I mean, you think you'd be. I'm sure you could tell me you're hoping for uh, a win this week, even if it's not a, and a Brumbies loss with no bonus point in the Brumbies loss. And then you're fourth. You've got the same number of wins, but a better point differential, and then you get to host them. I would love that. That would be uh, a game changer, I would say. Um, in I feel like you're feeling pretty good about your chances either way, but you'd just be even more confident if you're hosting it. Yeah, totally. I think there's nervousness around what happened last year because obviously we went there last year and lost. So yeah. there's that nervousness that this happened last year. Will it I still, I still can't. I'm still salty about the Brumbies loss to the Blues last year. <laughs> That's still that rankles in my mind. That refereeing. Uh, good fun. Mm. God, we love rugby. Um, yeah. Shall we touch base on the URC, my friend? The Irish, sick one off, go into South Africa. I say the Irish, but it's part of the Irish. Munster, mm. not even their best team, go in and beat the best South African team in the Stormers in their homeland to take the URC championship. Mm. Uh, I would say a bit of a shock, uh, at least to say the least. I think, the South Africans will be a little bit disappointed. I don't think it takes a shine off their chances in the Rugby World Cup coming up later. Um, because yeah. half their team plays in Japan um, slash in other competitions. But it does take a bit of the shine off what they were building there in the Stormers. Mm. Um, but it, Perhaps they're missing Super Rugby right now, you know? <laughs> but they, they didn't win much of that either. So it's yeah. just... Not business as usual as well, we could say, for... Yeah, but at least you're losing to other Southern Hemisphere teams. You're not losing to the colonisers, you know? You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes the URC, I guess, a bit interesting with the fact that another team's won it this year, the competition, how close it can be, how you can't take a step wrong. To my mind, and I'll pitch this to you, but I imagine you're in the same boat as me. URC, probably the premier club competition in the world, you'd say? Yeah. Which hurts. It does hurt to say, mm. obviously, from yourself and myself, because we've been Super Rugby fans, obviously, all our lives, and there was a time that we were the premier competition, and the loss of South Africa, I think, hasn't gone unnoticed that mm. we have taken a, a, a mighty step back. As much as New Zealand Rugby would like to think they were the smart ones in that one, I still think uh, we'll take... A loss for that. Shall we move on to my new rugby law? Go for it. Go for it. Uh, this this was a tough one. I, I I've I've gone kind of gone on all the, all these laws, trying to either not take away a law, but make mm. it more understandable to the game, to fans, to the casuals. Try and open up our support to. Uh, everybody basically. So this week, I've I've targeted one specific, I guess, area of the game, and I've seen how rugby league do it, and I've decided, you know what, I like that. Let's do this. I'm taking away the deliberate knockdown. Now I'm not saying you can't, you can just deliberately slap the ball down, like you can't hit it down, but. Any attempt for an intercept, any handout, as long as the ball doesn't go straight down, it's play on. So what I'm just really trying to do is limit a direct knockdown, but allow the opportunity for a defender to make a play. 
And I think this would take out 90% of these, like, yeah, of these penalties that we currently have where it's a questionable decision. It has to be the, the, the wording I would use is definitive and a like a definitive attempt to knock the ball down rather yeah, than. Yeah, I, think, I a, think you'd have to word it something like um, it, it will be a penalty if a player deliberately attempts to interfere with the pass of the ball with no consideration for attempting to gain possession of the ball, something like that, where it's really clear that they're not trying to gain possession at all. There's, and and you could even extend it a little bit to ones where where there was no thought to intercepting the ball and no reasonable chance to intercept the ball because you could have like your hand out like this and say, oh yeah, I was attempting to go for it when it just touches your finger. And it's like, you were never going to get that, but you knew if you put a finger on the ball, it would, it would interfere with it. So I think it has to be, look, it, it has to be, I, I, I think I definitely agree with you on this one. And I think it slides the scale down. We just need to make sure it doesn't slide it too far down um, where any kind of hand on the ball is just a knock on. Even then I'm not totally opposed to that either, but I think we just need to restrain it a little bit. I think we can find that good balance where if you put a hand on the ball and there's, absolutely no attempt to catch the ball and you could never reasonably have caught it, then that's a, that's a yellow card there. Or even like, you know, if it's a deliberate knockdown, like if you just attempted to knock it down, that's a yellow card. If you're just trying to get a hand on it, it's a, it's a, it's a penalty because a little bit of leeway. They're like, look, maybe, you know, maybe it's a prop forward going for it and they're not known for their brains and just, <laughs> yeah. Speaking as a former prop forward and just, yeah, just not thinking in the moment and you just go for the ball and it's like, look, mate, you're a prop. You were never reasonably going to get that. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do like that. I do like the the rule change. I think it's something we talked about on the show before. It's something that needs looking at. And I think World Rugby even recognises that needs looking at. So, I think of all your new rules, this is the most likely one to come into effect. Yeah, and I was I was this close to coming on this podcast and saying, you know what, just take it completely like away. So yeah. you can deliberately knock the ball down when going for a pass to do anything to stop a try type thing like that. But mm. what I don't like about that is that shows no defensive skill to stop a try. Yeah. Like going for an actual intercept is you're making a decision. And if it doesn't come off, like say you completely miss the ball, chances are they're scoring at the other end. Deliberately yeah. knocking the ball down, you can go out and stick a hand out and you're not making a defensive decision. As we see in league, all they're trying to do is get a hand on the ball just to stop it from going by. I didn't like I didn't like the thought of that in rugby union. I feel like you've got mm. to be able to show you've got some defensive skill to stop their attacking skill rather than just showing you can knock a ball down and ruin a, a, a mm. play on there. I think it takes away from the attacking game if we just left the rule for free. But I do think, yeah, yeah we need to... Uh, the, the, the highlight of this was the Australia-England series where yeah. I can't remember who the Aussie player was that got Simbin for it, but then Parisi. Marcus... Was it Parisi? And then Marcus Smith followed up and it was yeah. like... Both of them were clearly not deliberate knockdowns. Yeah. Why are we sending these guys off? So that was a big one for me to kind of go, look, mm. I think there definitely is room for this in the sport, quite clearly. Um, on to our next topic, the Barbarians versus the World mm-hmm. XV. 48-42 to the Barbarians. Uh, but the biggest news of all... Yep. Eddie Jones. <laughs> Uh, Samu Karevi hopping off with a hammy pull uh, after 19 minutes. Does that make you a little bit nervous, my friend? No. Nah. <laughs> nah. 
he has been told that he will be all right for the rugby championship. So yeah, just trying to stir the pot for all those Wallaby fans no, out there. No, no, that he's, the he's, best, he's right, mate. Your mate, best players. He'd, he'd, he'd be there. He, he, it's go, it would take a lot to stop him. He's going to be there. <laughs> he's 29 years young. He's got lots of rugby left in him. He's, he's, he'll be right. Mate, I'm 29 years young. I can tell you after a hard-four rugby game on the weekend that it, it doesn't yeah. doesn't get any easier, bud. Yeah, I know, I know but he's he's built a little bit different than you. What are you trying to say? I reckon if Summer Karevi <laughs> ran it straight at me... I mean, he, he's 1.86 metres and 108 kilos. I am 1.74 metres and 92 kilos. So, yeah, that's a, yeah. a bit of a difference. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a difference, uh, you know. Yeah, he'd be scared of me. We all know it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? What? Okay, here's here's the deal. Okay, he gets one run it straight at me. I get one mm. spiral bomb at him, and and we'll see if he can take that. Then he wins. If I can take, if I can tackle him, then I win. All right. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Try and catch one of my spiral bombs. Somebody could every. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I I like the idea of this. Uh, I don't. Again, I don't think it was. As for as many Aussies and even a couple of Kiwis playing in it, I don't think it was that well executed with the marketing campaign and everything like mm. that yet again. Um, when the biggest news was Israel Folau's playing and they're going to put a rainbow plane up around the the, yeah. the grounds. I, I don't know if that was what they were looking to get out of this. Yeah. Uh, it, look, it seemed like uh, the people at the ground had a good time. Alan Wynne-Jones retired and that you know got a lot of... Uh, a lot of attention um, and it seemed like it was a good game, you know, with a comeback win from Eddie Jones's side, which is what I like to hear um, so, and beating Steve Hansen. I like to hear that as well. So, you know, it's, um, you know, it is, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun idea. It's a shame that so many of these events happen in the Northern hemisphere and we're here in the, the Southern hemisphere. It'd be nice to see some more of that down here. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, I imagine because the barbarians is a UK started thing, but yeah. Yeah. I know, but it's nice to see similar sort of things down here. Definitely, definitely, like a a, a Pacifica barbarians or something like that. that yeah, together that'd be cool. Um, just wanted to quickly touch on this topic, uh, two topics, and then we'll finish off on the big topic. Uh, John Arfoa, twelve years out of Super Rugby, yeah, I, crazy. made his return um, for the Crusaders as they're down on props. Uh, didn't look out of place as well. It's. 39 years old, like we're talking about Karevi 29, 39 yep. years old to be able to go out there and play Super Rugby is just an incredible it's, achievement. It's incredible. Yeah, it's an amazing, uh, amazing work. Um, and yeah, in the build-up to the Waratahs game, I was hearing all the commentators that the coverage was New Zealand-based, that one obviously since it was um, in Christchurch and just you're hearing all the uh, the stories about him and the uh, what it's taken, for, you know, all that time out of Super Rugby, and now he's he's back. You know, when called upon, is yeah, fantastic and good good work to him. And you you really you love to see it. There's nothing there's not, nothing bad about this story. Totally, totally. And a, and a great little tip off for this was uh, he's he's come out and said he gave away his boots at the end of his last game in France. So when yeah. he got home, he didn't have any boots. Went to Rebel Sport, they didn't have a size, so he had to call Dan Carter, Mister Adidas <laughs> himself, and go. Can you get a pair of boots sent to me? And he did. So that's quite, nice. a cool, quite a cool little story to go along with it. And your boy, Dave Rennie, former Wallabies coach, has found himself a job. Congratulations to him at the Kobe Steelers uh, in Japan. We wish him the best because obviously, you know, business decisions were made yeah. uh, and these, these things have to happen. Uh, but we do wish him the best there. Now, to finish, let's get into this discussion 
because mm-hmm. you've got the ghetto law. I'm starting the Whanganuku law. Now, why have we started that? He is potentially signed with Toulouse, Toulon, one of them, uh, mm-hmm. in France, and will be leaving after this World Cup. Now, he's 23 years of age, and I said this is... This is it takes it takes one. We saw it with Charles Piertel and everyone kinda went, Oh, what do we do? No one really knew what to do. Now we've got a, an electric winger who's uh in a mighty fine form, would more than likely make the all blacks this year, who's decided to take the big payday. And you can't I'm not holding it against him. I definitely don't mm. want to hold it against him. Um they the and the reason I don't want to hold it against them is wing is probably one of our most coveted positions wingers careers for the all blacks don't last long so you've got to make that money when you get the chance make that bank get that bank son but it does bring up the question to i guess what is new zealand rugby going to do to counter this like you've seen this in wallaby's case now the new zealand rugby look to be facing it what do they do i just I don't know because I sit there and I watch and I can't, if the Wallabies leave the ghetto law at free and don't take Will Skelton after re-watching the Champions Cup game, I just think it's a massive mistake. Uh, I can't see them not trying to get five. I can't see them not trying to say, let's open it up to five and have five players for the rugby world. That is it. We're into our final week of Super Rugby. Make sure you stay tuned because we will have the Super Rugby Awards. We did them last year. We'll do them again this year. The Rugby Championship's only 40 days away now, so we are getting close to Bledisloe, which will be doing some cool things. So make sure you stay tuned for that. For now, though, thank you for joining us here at the Sports Booth on That Rugby Podcast. I've been Luke. That's been Hughesy. We will catch you guys next time. Goodbye.